Ho, 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 and welcome to At The Flicks. Yes, that festive-sounding music tells us that Christmas is approaching. As a precursor to the At The Flicks advent calendar starting, we are here today with M from Verbal Diorama to talk Christmas movies. Hi, Em, how are you doing? Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really. Just for the purposes of this podcast, I do not have a machine gun. I just want to make that perfectly clear, just in case the police are listening. (laughs) Just sign this waiver, madam. (laughs) Hi, Graham. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Very Very well, well, thank you. Very well. (laughs) And completely lost in what to say next. Yeah, I'll go back to an, to an old one. Loved your recent Scream show. I thought that was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. That was, um, yeah, that was very much out of my comfort zone because I'm not really a fan of slasher movies. I'm glad that I actually finally watched the movie because uh, obviously, I've, well, it's been a few years since Scream came out. So uh, so I'm glad I finally watched it. Yeah, the response has been really cool for that episode. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really happy with it. Excellent. Only another three of those films for you to go through now. Uh, well, until until they bring out the fifth one. So, from Scream to Machine Guns, it sets us up perfectly to talk Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, so, I'm in the festive spirit already. Thanks. <laughs> so, Em, so, um, what would be your recipe for a perfect Christmas film? There's a certain criteria, I think, for a Christmas movie. I don't know if this is like a general rule. But this is just kind of my rule. I mean, it has to be set kind of around that festive period. I mean, obviously, a lot of these films are American films, so they kind of tend to be like post-Thanksgiving over the Christmas period. So it doesn't necessarily have to be set on Christmas Day, but I think the movie has to either be in the run-up to Christmas or over Christmas or sometimes just after, just to kind of get that real festive flavour. And I think it also has to like evoke a spirit of Christmas, because there are some Christmas movies that aren't necessarily, you know, set on Christmas Day, for example, but it's like the run up to Christmas. So they kind of, they feel Christmassy. The true kind of spirit of Christmas tends to kind of revolve around like family or gatherings or love, general kind of festivities like parties. Occasionally you kind of have intertwining stories as well. Essentially, it's all about togetherness and not being on your own. Tends to kind of be if a character starts the movie alone, by the end of it, then usually not. Uh, And that's always quite nice, uh, I think. I agree with you. I mean, I I am amused by the three things you selected. Family, love and parties. They're the three things Neil hates. (laughs) (laughs) I cruel bugger. Uh, that is a recipe for some really good Christmas films. So if you were telling someone to go watch some Christmas movies, what mm-hmm. would be your top three recommendations? When you came to me and you said, we want you to come on our podcast and we want you to give us three Christmas movies. This is really hard. Like, this, is a, this is genuinely a very hard decision. It's almost like picking your favourite children. because well, that, That's easy for me. i don't know what christmas is going to be like over at yours with uh with your children but uh Uh, only the ones that listen to the podcast okay so they're the favorites right it's really difficult because it depends on your emotional state i think because 
all film is subjective. So you might be having, you know, a really emotionally difficult day and you might want a real pick-me-up or you might be feeling quite energetic and you want something that's quite action-based. I've kind of gone a little bit off what I would normally kind of recommend because I've actually covered a movie on my podcast called Arthur Christmas, which is a very sweet, very fun Christmas movie, but I've not actually listed it. And the main reason for that is I didn't want you to think I was coming on to promo one of my episodes. Well, um, no, no, to, to, to be fair, I think that should be promoed. Uh, Arthur Christmas yeah, is worthy of a shout point. out. So what episode is um, Arthur Christmas? It's episode 27. Uh, I know that off the top of my head. I have not looked that up. Uh, Yeah, it's a a really sweet movie. Uh, It's an Aardman movie, but it's one of those that tends to get forgotten because when you think of Aardman, you think of Wallace and Gromit or you think Mm. of Chicken Run. Arthur Christmas is such a sweet, lovely movie. It's beautifully animated. I would wholly recommend that, but that's not in the list that I want to give you. Uh, okay. Because, like I said, I genuinely didn't want you to think I was coming on just to plug Christmas episodes. No, Luckily, we'll, I've we'll, only ever we'll done plug one. It. So. We'll, we'll okay, plug fine. It for you. Fine. So, my actual list, and this is in no particular order, it's just kind of as they came to me. So, the first one, I think it's pretty obvious actually what the first one's going to be, especially if you heard my intro, is, uh, is Die Hard. Yeah. And. Yeah. I'm a big fan of action movies. I love them. I have this affinity with with a good action movie. And there's kind of nothing that's really better than Die Hard. And especially the fact it's set at Christmas. And there's not many that are set at Christmas. The only other one I could think of, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, oh, and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, is set at Christmas as well. Yeah, and, and look at the common denominator between those two. Shane Black. Who also did The Nice Guys, which I did an episode on. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about The Nice Guys. Although, actually, is The Nice Guys set at... The Nice yes, Guys is, is also set at Christmas. Yeah, as is so, Iron Man 3. As is Iron Oh, Shane Black loves Christmas. But <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to Die Hard, because <laughs> I don't want to go off on too many tangents. For me, Die Hard's become kind of a bit of a perennial Christmas classic. It's something that I try and watch every Christmas, Sometimes I don't, but it's, it's one of those movies you can kind of just stick on any time anyway. I think it's just because it's just so much fun. And obviously Hans Gruber is one of cinema's truly great villains. And Alan Rickman is just phenomenal. I love that man so much. And he's one of those that I think is just so much missed in Hollywood If Alan Rickman was here, then I think the world would be a a much better place than it is. But ultimately, Die Hard is about John McClane reuniting with his estranged wife and going back to his children. And and essentially, it's a a film about going home for Christmas. Genuinely, and that is what a lot of Christmas movies are about. It's the whole, you know, driving home for Christmas kind of thing. It's kind of sad, actually, because I feel like the franchises, especially with the later sequels, it's really lost its way because the original Die Hard is just so great. And obviously, uh, just just to kind of get something in, uh, I just (laughs) wanted to say uh, a quick obligatory Keanu reference because the cinematographer, Jan de Bont, obviously went on to direct uh, Keanu Reeves in Speed. So I just wanted to add that in because that's another reason why I love Die Hard because it's got a lovely little link to Keanu Reeves as well. 
Die Hard is so much fun. It's not your kind of typical Christmas movie. And that's why I love it. It should be on everyone's kind of Christmas list. Like it should be like the Queen's speech, you know, every every Christmas at 3 p.m. You stick on Die Hard and watch it with the kids. You know, why don't more families do that? Okay. I can't see the the Queen actually coming out with yippee ki turkey stuffers. (laughs) I mean, if she did, she would be the coolest, wouldn't she? Yeah. So yeah, right. that that that's my first one. Do you just want me to go through the, for the yeah. second yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. I, think, I think that's a great choice. Great. You can't yeah. argue with Die Hard, can you? No, well, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, my second choice it's it's a bit of a curveball choice because I'm not really a rom com person. I've kind of gone on record to say there are very few rom coms that I will actually endure because I've I tend to find them quite either overly dramatic or poorly acted or too saccharine sweet Mm. uh, and not realistic enough because I kind of feel like with rom-coms it's like you know they start the movie and then oh they're magically in love and then you know oh no the ex is back you know all of that sort of really tropey stuff but there is a rom-com that's set during the festive period that I think is truly truly wonderful I've not done an episode on it, but I probably will. And and it's the holiday. Okay. And, yeah. and I really love the holiday. <laughs> and um, the reason why I love it, I mean, it, first of all, it's got a great cast. So you've got obviously Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet and Jack Black. I'm probably going to be really controversial now and I'm probably going to turn off a lot of your listeners. But I really do not like Love Actually. Well, Phil's just turned the volume up at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a fan of Love Actually because there's too many intertwining stories. I feel like there's not enough character development. I I have issues with pretty much all of the stories, apart from the Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson bits, which those two together are magic. It Genuinely, that bit upsets me beyond belief what the characters do. I don't want to spoil it just in case anyone's not seen uh, Love Actually. I mean, who hasn't seen Love Actually? I get very uncomfortable with with certain other pairings. Like the fact that, I'm sorry to go off on one, but the fact that Martine McCutcheon's character is called Chubby and Fat. And I'm like, that girl is like perfect. Like, (laughs) why why are you concentrating on her weight? She's beautiful. And, And the whole bit with Colin Firth and his Portuguese assistant, it creeps me out. Um, there's, there's a lot I don't like. Seriously, there's a lot I don't like about Love Actually. No, no, I, I'm with Look. you. I mean, if they when they concentrate on people's weight, that should really be shot down straight away. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, are you, what are you laughing at, Graham? It's, <laughs> oh, he's, he's obviously the biggest uh, Love Actually fan, and he's just no, like, how not. dare I, you I'm blast not, my movie? I'm not, I lo- no, I like The Holiday. I think it's really funny. The, the, the Holiday, see, the, I would say, if anyone said to me, what would you recommend as a Christmas rom-com? I wouldn't say Love Actually. I would say The Holiday. Because The Holiday has intertwining stories, but it obviously has quite a lot fewer. And then it's like you've got kind of these pairings that end up. So you've got the pairing of Graham, not this Graham. And yeah. uh, I mean, are, are, are you the Graham from the movie? No. Did, did you go out with Cameron Diaz at any point? <laughs> I think I'd have remembered that. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> that wouldn't have slipped my mind. Well, I mean, Cameron Diaz is Cameron Diaz, isn't she? I mean, she's, she she's perfect. Is. But then, obviously, you're Jude Law. I mean, Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. Who in Hollywood thought to themselves, we want the most unattractive people in this movie? I mean, they're, they're both stunningly beautiful examples of human beings. While I'll admit that a lot of kind of his story is a bit convoluted where you've got, because basically him, a name keeps coming up on his phone and mm. it's like the movie sets it up as, oh, is it his girlfriend? And it turns out to not be his girlfriend. It turns out to be his daughter. And, and all of that, that's kind of a little bit, a tiny weeny bit annoying. But I, I think that they have great chemistry together. And, and Cameron Diaz is always brilliant. Like I've never seen a movie where I've thought Cameron Diaz is rubbish. Uh, there probably is one. I've just not seen it. Kate Winslet is, I mean, she's Kate Winslet. She's perfect. She is brilliant. And I love that the character, because obviously the character of Iris has her heart broken. She is kind of led on by this man who promises her everything. And uh, she realizes that he's not a very nice person. And she decides to move on with her life and good for her. And then she obviously finds love with a very atypical rom-com leading man in Jack Black's Miles. And Miles is a sweet guy. He's really funny. And obviously it's not the sort of guy that she would probably go for usually. I think it's just such a lovely, sweet. It's not too Christmassy. It's obviously set during that period, but it's not overly Christmassy. Also as well, Eli Wallach, who was 90 years old when they made the movie Mm. as Arthur, it's just such a delight, like a genuinely brilliant actor in a wonderful role. His friendship with Iris is just so sweet and lovely. Nothing feels forced in the holiday. I don't yeah. feel like that about Love Actually. I think it's really underappreciated. People go for Love Actually when they should be going for the holiday, personally. And I feel like all of your listeners have gone, oh, we hate her now. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly won't get that from Phil, who just goes banging on and on about how much he hates love, actually. And he says, is it Andrew Lincoln? He says, just stalking. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He's stalking Kira Knightley. Like, Kira Knightley yeah. is happily married to Tuatelegia 4. She just wants to be married to her man. Why is this guy bothering her? Like, leave her alone. <laughs> oh, it it makes me quite cross. And it makes me cross because people put that as like an acceptable behavior. And it's like, oh, if you, if you truly love someone, then stalk them. No, do not do that. <laughs> like, do not follow Love Actually's example. It's terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting no. quite cross now. No, no, but, I, can, uh, I can tell. I can tell. So <laughs> the rom-com of Christmas is the holiday. Yes. yes. Not Love Actually. No, never Love Actually. Never Love Actually, always the holiday. Okay. Is your last one going to be contentious? He says, worriedly. (laughs) (laughs) No, my my last one is is a genuine Christmas classic, like a proper, proper Christmas movie. The most Christmassy Christmas movie that ever ever Christmased. Uh, (laughs) uh, Although I'm saying that now and and other Christmas movies are popping into my head that are more Christmassy. (laughs) But... um, but it, it it was the Christmas movie. Stay on movie. target. Stay on target. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was the Christmas movie that I grew up with. So it, it, it always feels like Christmas to me. And that's Home Alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because. Home Alone uh, 1, yeah? Yeah, the first Home Alone. I mean, the second one's not bad. I don't think it's a terrible movie, but I've watched the first Home Alone so many times. It came out when I was a kid. And so I 
very much kind of felt an affinity to Kevin uh, and what Kevin was going through. Many years ago, <laughs> I was over in Florida, two families together on his holiday doing the theme parks and whatever. And my son was seven, six or seven at the time. Anyway, we were all charging out. I think we got to one of the theme parks that morning. We were all behind schedule. We're coming out of the villa, go into the car and start driving off. And then suddenly we realized that Joel wasn't with us. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had to turn around and there was this little face at the window looking out. <laughs> Apparently it was my fault. Uh, uh, so, yeah, like I should have done a roll call going into the car. Yeah. So, yeah, so it can happen. Well, this is the thing, right? So now I watch it as a grown-up, I can very much relate to the parents in this movie. I look at the children and I'm just like, firstly, I'm glad I don't have that many children because (laughs) who in their right mind would have that many children? As a Christmas movie, it is obviously set to Christmas. It's all about the true meaning of Christmas being spending time with your family and all of that, it has genuinely scary moments. I was quite scared of it when I was a kid. I'm not scared of it now, obviously. But it's also quite heartfelt in many places. But also the thing I love most about it is the cartoon slapstick violence. (laughs) Because what happens to Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci is it's the sort of stuff that they would not survive (laughs) in real life. (laughs) And I think that's why I love it, because it makes me cringe Especially, you know, like when he goes through the window and he goes to step on a broken ornament. Every time I watch it, I cringe. And I'm just like, oh, my God, he's going to step on it. A torch to the head. I mean, it's it's brilliant violence. Like, (laughs) genuinely, it's it's like watching a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. And and like that bit in two when they throw in the bricks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just it's just the most ridiculous stuff. But it's kind of like to a young kid who's watching that and they see someone like Kevin who is genuinely quite brilliant at thinking, how can I protect my home from these invaders and setting all these traps to a kid? I mean, that's brilliant. To a grown-up, I'm just like, health and safety, Kevin. Like, <laughs> Have you done a risk assessment? <laughs> but, um, but, you know, Macaulay Culkin is, is, is so good. And, and also the thing I love about Macaulay Culkin in this movie is, I have a bit of an issue with child actors just in general because mm. child actors tend to feel quite forced. They're obviously being told to say a line, but you can never kind of feel it from most child actors, but you can from Macaulay Culkin. The scene where Kevin reunites with his mum, it's just so wonderful. Like Macaulay Culkin is just brilliant in this movie. And it's only now kind of watching it that you see the clues. You see why Kevin you know, why they don't really have a ticket for Kevin because they threw it away when he ruins the dinner. You kind of see the kid who gets mistakenly thought of as Kevin and and all of that sort of stuff, the stuff that you miss the first time you watch it. And it makes you kind of think, well, you know, obviously, it is as you've just said, it is quite easy to forget a child. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I've been there. We've done it. Yeah. yeah. And he he never uh, lets us forget it either. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I bet that comes up around the... Christmas dinner table oh, every yeah. year. And he, he's in his 30s now and he still doesn't <laughs> let me forget it. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a kid being left home alone, it's its not funny. You know, it's, it is a serious thing. Blah, blah, blah. No one wants to leave children home alone. But it's such a great movie. It feels a bit like lightning in a bottle. And it is about the true meaning of Christmas, you know. And that's family, getting home for family. And it's kind of like whether you love them or loathe them. Because Kevin 
has a very contentious relationship with his family. He's kind of seen as a bit of a brat by like mm. his brothers and sisters and his parents have got so many children that they're just like, we can't deal with all our children right now. You go through a situation like that where you think you've lost a child and it, it puts stuff into perspective. And, you know, whether you love or loathe them, they're still your family. Uh, and I, I really like it. And the music, oh, the music is well, so John wonderful. Williams John Williams. It's a great score as well. And it that that score is Christmas to me. I mean, there's so, so many more I could talk about, genuinely. So, uh, so you know you said the, the bit that makes you cringe all the time is when he steps under the ornament. The bit well, that's me, one of them, yeah. The, oh, the, the bit for me is when they put the spider on his face. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, and Daniel Stern's scream. He's got one of the best screams because it's proper high-pitched and, oh, it's his face is... They are brilliant. Daniel you know, Stern we didn't and scream in that scene. They had to add that in after because the scream would have frightened the spider so much it would have bit him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me because it is very high-pitched. But it is a great film. Great, uh, great film. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you satisfied with my Christmas uh, yeah, movie? They're brilliant choices. Course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, a, a wonderful festive time there. That would be a great Christmas Eve triple bill, I think. Oh, it's just reminded me to watch The Holiday again with my wife because we enjoyed it so much the first time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, watch it yeah. over Love Actually for definite. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> R- reminds me to try watching Die Hard again with mine because she hates it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's this brilliant. is Christmas. Yeah, no, but but that's great. So, M, thank you very much for coming on to our show and talking about Christmas movies. What's your most recent show about? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me back again. I believe this is the third time you've that's allowed me to <laughs> you've allowed me yeah. to grace your wonderful podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel I feel it's payment for all the amount of ideas that we've stolen from yours. <laughs> How does that work? Uh, yeah. Anyway, the episode that's literally just come out as this episode is being released is episode 70, which is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. So, uh, (laughs) which I'm really excited about, actually, because I think it's a super fun movie. Did you guys watch Birds of Prey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She she was brilliant. She's amazing. Superhero movie, wasn't it? Yes. She was brilliant. Didn't she... like the um, didn't like the villain very much, but if I remember my review correctly, but all the the women in it were brilliant. I thought and they really yeah. outshone everybody else. Margot Robbie is is one of my absolute favourites, and oh, I just wanted gorgeous. to highlight her and how brilliant she is, and 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 just a wonderful female cast, and a female director, and a female writer, and just how brilliant female driven movies can actually be. Give women a chance behind and in front of the camera, please, because they bring out brilliant stuff like that. And you know why Graham likes her, don't you? Oh, I mean, a... I, can, I can imagine. Oh, no, no, I bet no, you no, can't. No. Not this one. She's a Fulham <laughs> fan. She's a Fulham <laughs> Yeah. She supports the right football team for me. <laughs> and I have told my wife that if she rings up and says she really needs to live with me, I'm going. Okay. <laughs> so she's on your allowed list. Don't remember her allowing me, but she was laughing a lot at the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> you never know; it might happen. You just don't uh, the, know. The uh, talking of uh, female directors, isn't the uh, wasn't a woman who did the holiday? 
I think it was Nancy Myers. Nancy That's Myers. it. And Sorry, she wrote Nancy it. Myers. She wrote it and directed it. That's right. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I Off the top of my head, I think it's Nancy Myers. But um, Yes, you're right. It is. It is. Yeah. Yes, Nancy Myers. <laughs> it's a great movie, though. So, okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Em, for sharing your Christmas movies with us. And as Em just said there, check out her latest episode on Birds of Prey. There's not much I will go out my way for involving superheroes, but Em's episode, I will. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Em. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh.